Oh, hello everybody, and welcome to another edition of Between the Cones. Folks, we got an absolutely loaded show here today. We're going to talk over the first two weeks, touch on pretty much every single team, my personal and unfiltered thoughts on every single one of them. Uh, we're going to have deep dives into team situations, and then a little bit later we'll have a mailbag. Well, we'll answer some, some Q&As that were asked of me uh, earlier this week. So without a doubt, stay tuned. And this is the third episode of Between the Cones, titled, So It Starts. Stay with me. As we go ahead and start today's show, I think it's appropriate that we really touch on one of the more, in my opinion, interesting teams in the league this year. It's no shock to anyone. It's a team that's caused a fair amount of issues, fair amount of controversy. Um, you know, the months before the season, you know, the week before the season, and now it is carried over into the season. And that is the Cowboys, or the Blue Angels, or the Gators, or the Garbage Trucks, or the or the Who's a What's It's. I mean, at, at this point, I mean, changing the name every week would be an improvement because then no team has to uh, has to live with a. O for record, which is the way that this thing is looking. Um, the Cowboys are currently 0-2. They dropped game one. Bryce Baumgart was suspended the first half. Dropped game one to the Arnies, lost by a couple scores. Week two, they just dropped. Lost by two possessions. They're 0-2. 37% of the way through the schedule. 0-2. Haven't won a game yet. And folks... It looks to me like the wheels are falling off the the wagon here. I mean, the team is in complete disarray. You're seeing players like Luca Perry, like Gotham Connect, uh, like Owen Fleming, really starting to get a little agitated with Captain Bryce Baumgart and the way that he's that he's been running this team. And it was apparent to me last night that that this is an organization that is dysfunctional. This is an organization that. Its issues lie at the top and trickles down all throughout. This is a team with five players. The fifth player doesn't even show up. They're stuck with four players. Their fifth-round pick, Luca Perry. Undrafted free agent, Gotham Connect, Second-round quarterback and longtime league veteran, Owen Fleming. And leading the charge, last year's MVP, Mr. Bryce Baumgart. I mean, listen, if we want to do a quick timeline of this, we can. I'm pretty sure most people know the story, but um, the Cowboys, then the Blue Angels, decided to pretty much trade their entire team and, and walk out of league when uh, when they were told no repeatedly on, on adding a player post-draft. That was Preston Long. Told repeatedly no, refused to accept it, walked out, team folded. So naturally, we got five other players. We sort them out to different teams. Luca Perry, you know, go back home to the Sunfins, right? Landon Brenny was temporarily on the Norsemen, then relocated to the Arnies. Uh, Cody Bartos, over to the Sunfins. Owen Fleming, just flat out retired, said, I'm done. A month before the season, Bryce decides to come back and is eventually given Preston Long on his team 
and is basically told whoever's willing to come back to you can be on your team. Or whoever's willing to be given to you. So he's given five players, or he's given four players total for a roster of five. He was told that's enough. And the guy that he traded everyone for doesn't show up, hasn't showed up for through the first two weeks, despite saying that he would. And the guy that he gave up, Landon Brenny, his original first-round pick, the fifth overall selection, uh, has just you know straight up just gone off. 14 touchdowns through the last two games. Insane. That's seven a game. So you got one guy who has it hasn't played it down yet, and you got the other guy who's leading the league in touchdown receptions. Guess which one the owner of the Cowboys decided to go out and 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 get? I mean, it's it's seriously it's it's madness. They're own two. It's uh, it's pretty shocking to me, and I I don't know how much uh, how much longer that he'll have control of this team, especially as they they keep dropping games here. Cowboys are 0 and 2. 0-2. Absolutely obliterated the first game. Second game a little bit closer, but still, you know, really struggled, you know, with any sorts of league lead that they had. They faced a team that only put five out. Two of their players were gone. So it was definitely a winnable game. And I mean, this is no fault to to Owen Fleming, who I think is one of the you know, if not the greatest uh, league quarterback um, of all time that we've ever seen, as far as smarts, as far as you know, everything else goes. I think Gotham Kanak has proven that he was he was worthy of being a draft pick. You know, he's he's quick. He's he's definitely able to play cornerback. You know, he he was paired up against a third rounder yesterday and and did fairly well for himself. And Luca Perry, obviously longtime league vet, you know, about as consistent as they come. It's it's no fault to any of them. It's just in a four v four league when we're playing on on an eighty yard field. I mean, guys get gassed. Every single team in this started out with approximately six players, one captain, and five draft picks. This is a leadership problem. This is an issue at the top. From the captains, and it's 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 rather concerning, if I can be one hundred percent honest. And I'm gonna be um, I'm gonna be very interested to see to see exactly where this goes, because if it doesn't get sorted out, guess what, guys? I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty plain and simple. That's all, folks. What's going on guys? Cole Fleming here, league veteran and current QB for the Arnies. Just want to give a special thanks to Modelo Beer for sponsoring the Arnies this year. Can't wait to get the league season started. Go Arnies. Here with Outlaws quarterback Jack Quinga. Jack, you guys just came off a huge dub, posted 77 points. What were your thoughts on that game? It was an all-around great game. We came to play. We were we were just ready, man. It was we got a week underneath our belt. We're just getting started. I think chemistry's all good now. I think we're ready for uh, ready to come after everyone else. Caleb Johnson struggled today. Do you have any encouraging words for him? Uh, I mean, he did. He was probably our best corner last week on Caruso. 
rough game against Landon, but still got the win. Here with Outlaws uh, captain and wide receiver Ryan Zier. Ryan, uh, after a struggled loss week one, you guys bounce back week two. What's the general consensus in the locker room? That offense today was unbelievable. If we play like that, there's not a team that's going to beat us, I'm telling you. that The Onis probably have the best offense in this thing, and while we allowed a lot of points, we did our job when we needed to, so I'm extremely happy how we played. What do you guys have to work on moving forward? Uh, just closing out games. I mean, we still won by 14, but we were up by 8-28 at different points in the fourth quarter, just keeping our foot on the gas, and the lead's never too big in this thing. Thank you, thank you. Here with, here with Arnie's quarterback, Cole Fleming. Cole, you played well, but ultimately went away with the loss. What do you learn from this moving forward? We just got to, you know, work on not making too many mistakes and uh, just closing out games. So today, what did you notice was the main issue with the with the team? Uh, defense is lacking for sure. Uh, uh, offensive mistakes at the QB position as well. Uh, they're all correctable things, so hopefully we can get out of next week. Next week, you return against your old team of almost five years against the Sunfins. Is, what's the general feeling? I'm excited. I'm just ready to go, and hopefully we can take him down. Thanks, Cole. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. Moving on here, let's move on to another team who unfortunately faced a, a loss this past weekend for week two. Let's talk about the, the Arnies. More specifically, let's talk about an honest assessment of them. All right, so as everyone saw, the Arnies are now 1-1. One one. They, you know, they didn't play all too well. And I'm not going to fault them too much. You know, it was, it was a tough game against a pretty good opponent, you know, someone that really just found their footing. It was a must-win game for them. So I'm not going to rip them to shreds. However, I do have some serious questions about the Arnies. As a lot of people know, going into the year, they were the number one seed. For predictions, that was that was where people had them ranked. People looked at the roster up and down, and they said, "That's what a one. That's what a one seed looks like. That's what a two seed looks like. Six wins, seven wins, somewhere in there. Which both are entirely still possible. Let's not put that out of the question. But at the same time, I mean, they just got lit up in back to back weeks. And I don't just mean like." like 40-point game type type deal, I mean got lit up. Let's not forget the first week, the MVP was was suspended. You know, Bryce Bumgart was, was suspended for the first half of week one, and they still got lit up. So, it just, it kind of makes you question a little bit about their defense. I think their defense is, is a huge, huge point of concern. I mean, they just let up this past week 77 points to, to an Outlaws team. I mean, I mean, an Outlaws team that barely scored 50 last week. The week before that, they, they let the Cowboys score almost 50 points. Let them score 49 points. With a team in the first half that included just three players that uh, that were completely out of sorts. And, I mean, it's it's a little concerning. I'm not going to raise you know 
raise the red bells or or start booing them. But, I mean, clock's on. I mean, this is a team who everyone thought was was going to be just extremely dominant, and they went out, you know, the last week, and for lack of a better term, they kind of showed their ass a little bit. I mean, Evan Good had touchdowns on offense, defense, running, receiving. And we'll talk about him more later in the show, but, I mean, they got lit up by fifth-round quarterback or by fifth-round selection Jack Quinga. And I think going into the year, everyone looked at their defense as being Joe and Landon, two extremely, extremely solid defensive cornerstones. And then Matt Yeager, longtime league veteran, you know, super quick, keep up with anyone, a little bit on the shorter side, but should be able to cover wide receiver threes. And the defense just hasn't been it. And to go along with that, coming into the year, everyone, you know, they looked at the Arnies up and down. They said, okay, yeah, great team. Great team, 100%. But their quarterback, right? They got rookie Ron, and they got old, old fart Cole coming in. Their quarterback's going to be the issue. And surprisingly enough, you know, quarterback has been one of the most, you know, one of the more consistent parts of their team. I mean, no one knew. I mean, everyone knew that it was going to be a strong. You know, it wasn't going to be a strong suit coming in this year. Everyone, you know, to some extent, everyone knew that wide or that quarterback was not going to be, you know, the piece that propelled them to a championship. It just wasn't. You know, no hate on Ron, no hate on Cole. They're you know they're about as solid as they come, but they're never going to attain that superstar level. But instead, it's it's the defense that's raising concerns because they can't cover a soul. I mean, Landon Brenny, who we talk about a lot in the show as being, you know, underrated and and really just, you know, a solid guy. I mean, Ben Rapay just put up like two or three touchdowns on him. Joe Caselli, and I know he'll listen to this and he'll say, oh, I only let Evan catch one. Well, Joe, maybe one is too much, especially in a game when you lost by seven. Wouldn't you agree? The defense has to be better. And for me, it starts with, I think, the most important position on the field, which is cornerback three. Matt Yeager has to be better defensively. If they want to win championships, if they want to compete for playoff spots, their third cornerback position has to be better. They have to be able to cover guys, slot guys. They have to be able to get defensive stops, and they have to stop letting guys, you know, put up 50 without Baumgart and, you know, damn near 80 to a team that lost week one and barely put up 50. And I know that their captain, John Sapolsky, is going to stress defense. He's a big defensive guy, wants to be hard-nosed, you know, old-school Ray Lewis-type beat. But, you know, you want to know where it starts. It starts, you know, with your second and third cornerback slots. I mean, the countdown's on for the Arnies. they they got to prove it this next two weeks. They're 1-1. One and one. It's a slippery slope. On a more positive side... Landon Brenny offensively looks, you know, he looks stellar. 14 touchdowns, I think, I, I saw in the last two weeks. It's absolutely stellar. Cole Fleming's been pretty much on the marker. You know, Ron Fenderson's been pretty much on the marker. Matt Yeager, I don't think he's had a drop yet. Joe Caselli, 
He's had a couple drops, but overall, he's been pretty solid on the receiving end. But offense isn't what we're worried about. We knew their offense was going to be fine. You can't not have a trio of, of Jaeger, Brenny, and Caselli and not be solid. Defense has to be better. Clock's ticking for them. You'll be interested to see how they come out the next two weeks against my own Sunfins, and then after that, I think they got the Outlaws. Or not the Outlaws. I don't know who they have, but uh, it'll be interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see them bounce back. I think it'll be interesting to... Uh, to see if their defense responds, and you know, maybe it might get better, you know, with the addition of Ben Parker if he ever comes. But they're not going to win playoff games allowing people to put up eighty points. It's just not going to happen. Hi there, Outlaws quarterback Jack Kuinga here. Behind every great championship organization is a squeaky clean facility. That's why at the Outlaws, we trust Cal's custodial to get the job done because no mess is too big for Cal and his crew. Don't forget to use code Outlaw for 10% off your next cleaning and help Cal clean up league. Welcome back to the show. Up next, let's talk about those outstanding Outlaws. What a bounce back performance from them. I mean... Really, let's just let's give it up to him. Let's can we play the ear horn, please. Let's, let's see. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Absolutely spectacular performance from the outstanding outlaws. Some little nitpicky type things, but overall, pretty solid. I mean, overall, I mean, listen, week one was bad. I'm not gonna lie. Outlaws that are listening, it was bad. You know, you you. You put up, you know, you lost to the Norsemen. You put up about 49. You know, I mean, it was a relatively close game. It was within seven points. Final score was 56-49. But the way that they bounced back. Oh, my God. I'm going to be honest. I didn't see that coming. I had the Arnies winning that game by 14, 21, maybe. But what an absolute bounce back surprise motherfucker surprise indeed i i i just i can't wrap my head around them really having offensive struggles week one not being able to put up more than 50 points and then turning around and putting up 77 on a team who was a lot of people's favorites and still is a lot of people's favorites i thought the entire team played spectacular really i thought it was a bounce back i thought you know, everyone did their part. I think Ben Repay is is by far the most underrated receiver in league. I mean, by a mile. I mean, listen, excuse my language, but the man is just good. I mean, <laughs> he's good. He's really good. He's got great hands. You know, he's... He's a little bit of an awkward route runner, but it works for him. I mean, he pretty much beats whoever he's on somehow, some way. No, I thought it was a I, you know, it was a great performance. I think that uh the only the only thing I can kind of wrap my head around is that's the difference when Jack Quinga is on versus Jack Quinga being off. Quinga was off week one. 
I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, his, you know, the footballs he threw, you know, they ate more dirt than they, than they touched more hands. I mean, every single one of them was at the feet. Couldn't hit a target to save his life. Couldn't throw a stone in the ocean if he was standing on the beach. But week two, I don't know if there was a single throw that he missed. That's how good he was. Deep balls, in stride, short. Let's not forget about running. Can we get a, a, a JK1000 going? I mean, my goodness. He probably rushed for about 100 yards. Multiple touchdowns. Which Arnie's, I forgot to mention, but that's pretty bad. I mean, no disrespect, Jack. You're, you know, you got wheels, man. You proved it. But, I mean, that's like letting Tom Brady rush for 75 yards. It's just, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, it worked. And, you know, Jack Queen was on week, you know, week two compared to week one. Saying that, I do have some concerns. And my concerns lie with really, you know, one person. I think he knows who he is. One of, you know, he listens to Between the Cones a lot. And I'm, I'm going to give him a little bit of crap because it just, it wasn't good. It wasn't a good performance for him. That's, you know, Cabe's, you know, Caleb, the Johnson Johnson. You know, Caleb Johnson, he he, uh, he struggled. He was getting beat up and down the field. I mean, he let Landon Brenny score seven touchdowns. That game's a blowout if he even cuts that in half. You know, if that's even just a good day, just like four touchdowns, they win that game by even more. It's, uh, you know, and, and it's for, it's, I'm only criticizing because Johnson is someone who I truly believe can, can become an elite corner in this league. He's got all the skills. He's got the aggressiveness. He covered Michael Crusoe relatively as well as pretty much anyone can last week. And this week he was just getting beat up and down the field. I mean, Landon Brenny was running whatever he wanted to run wherever he wanted to run, on whoever he wanted to run, which unfortunately was Caleb Johnson. The game itself was was just not a good one for him, probably one of his lowest in league. You know, dropped a couple picks too. I mean, it just, it wasn't good. But I'm sure he'll bounce back. You know, he, he will bounce back. This is something that he cares about. And uh, I don't fault him too much for not being able to cover Landon Brenny because, you know, it's only one or two guys in this league that could keep Brenny under wraps. And unfortunately, Cabes, I don't think you're one of them, but don't be alarmed because you're in the majority. Now, swinging it back to a more positive type vibe. Um, man, how about EG6? And I have a question, and I'm not going to answer it. I'm just going to give you the facts. Is... Evan Good, six. Is he the most well-balanced player in league? Offense, defense, special teams, receiver, quarterback, lineman, corner. Because it seems to me like he plays pretty much every single position, offensively or defensively, at a pretty high level. I mean, he played pretty well. Touchdowns on pretty much all areas of the field was able to cover defensively extremely well. 
That's a question I have. And I think it'll be on him to prove it this next couple weeks. But I think that he's definitely within the top five for versatility. I mean, everything the man does, it's he does at a pretty high level. So I'll be interested to see that moving forward. So I think it'll be interesting. And we're going to send it to a commercial break. When we come back, we'll have mailbag, a.k.a. all the questions you asked me this past week. Let's answer a couple of them. Let's look through it. Let's pose some more questions. Stay tuned. You're listening to Between the Cones. What's going on, guys? This is Paul Schmidt, wide receiver and cornerback for the Sunfins, and I'm here to talk to you about Nalgene water bottles. When I'm out there catching passes and scoring touchdowns, there's nothing more important than keeping my body hydrated, and the Nalgene water bottle does that to perfection. From sizes 6 ounces to 96 ounces, there's one for the whole family. So visit your local Target or check out Amazon or Nalgene.com. Fins up, baby. Welcome back to Between the Cones. Earlier this week, I, I posted on the Between the Cones Instagram asking all of you, the loyal players and fans of the Michigan Football League, to go ahead and hit me up with some questions. I'll answer as many as I, as I can, give some facts or opinions. You know, you know, the best thing I can give is my my own personal opinion. So let's, let's open that up and uh, let's see exactly what you guys asked. Of course, it will stay... Um, you know, just between us, you know, no need to, to give out who asked what. So let's start with the first one, shall we? Let's get, let's get the tunes rolling. First question. Why is Bryce's team so bad? Bryce's team being the Cowboys. Um, I don't know if they're bad. I just think it's bad. Um, it's really just bad management. In my opinion, it's it's that the Cowboys organization cares more about you know pissing off the league population and causing issues than they do about winning football games. And I think that that's evident when um, in the months after the the team was basically torn apart. You know, the team that was handpicked and selected the you know, weeks before was was basically thrown right out the door. So I think I think that's why you know the Cowboys are 0-2 right now, and I think it's why that they're going to be at the bottom of the standings uh, come the end of the year. Who's the most overrated player and underrated player in the league? See, this one's difficult. I don't want to throw out names. I really, really don't. I don't want to throw out names underneath the bus. Underrated, I think I've said this earlier in the show. It's I think it's Ben Rupay. I think Ben Rupay is. <laughs> You know he can he can play, man. I mean, he's he's got he's got the juice, straight up and down. As far as overrated goes, man, I'll tell you what, I, it's difficult for me to say that. Um, we'll, we'll come back we'll come back to that at a later point. I I think it's a little too early to tell who's uh, quote unquote overrated. That end, my season isn't done, and I don't want to start throwing out names. Put a put a target on my back. Uh, from one unnamed person, why did all these teams sleep on me during the draft process? Well, unnamed person, 
I think it had a lot to do with age, unfamiliarity, uh, and position. I don't think quarterback was valued as highly across the league during the draft process as many people thought, um, which resulted in a you know relatively pretty pretty big slide at quarterback. I mean, the first one was taken at eight. Uh, the second one wasn't taken for a little bit after that. I mean, the second one was... I mean, I think you know who the second one was, but taken about six picks later. Best cornerback trio in league. Man, I I could be biased, and it's hard to say uh, exactly who it is. But I think the Sunfins have one of the better cornerback trios in league. Um, and this is not really boosting me. It's it's boosting Dante Perry and Paul Schmidt. I think Paul Schmidt can keep up with pretty much anyone in league. And if you think you, you know, I, I just think, I think he's legit. I think he's truly legit. I think that Dante Perry is going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think, you know, holding someone like Posh tested to zero touchdowns, limited catches during week one, I think it's it's very revealing. And look forward to seeing how he comes forward uh, moving forward. As far as me, I'm a slower type of guy. I don't think I'm some great cornerback, but I think I'm good enough to be a cornerback three and really solidify that group. And, I mean, listen, if you're just talking trio, you could talk, you know, you go quad, you could bring in Josh Gilmore too because he's he's pretty damn good as well. So I think the Sunfins have have one of the better cornerback trios in the league. However, I think the Arnies have the possibility to be one of the better ones, but they got to prove it. Which team has the most explosive offense and which has the best defense? Uh, defensively, I think this kind of goes with the cornerback thing, but I think the Sunfins have the deepest and best uh, defense. Um most explosive offense, I mean, right now it's it's really hard to argue with, you know, both the the Norsemen and Outlaws. I think when it's all said and done, though, I think that the Arnies will have the most explosive offense. I think that they just got to get going a little bit more. Uh, I think when you have someone like Joe Caselli, Matt Yeager, um, Landon Brenny, I think it's hard not to be the most explosive. Uh, so I think when it's all said and done, the Arnies, for the time being, Probably the Norsemen or Outlaws. This unnamed person says, Has Landon been called underrated so much that he's actually overrated? My answer, no. Landon's not underrated. He isn't overrated. Landon is, in my opinion, about perfectly rated. He's around four, you know, the, the third or fourth or fifth best receiver in league. You know, he's a number one target for a lot of people. And I think that uh, I think he's really about as solid as they come. Um, so I think he's just he's just rated. I think for a little bit there he was underrated. For a little bit after that he was a little overrated, and now he's just kind of evened out at just the perfect rated level. This person says after the Outlaws versus Arnie's game, are the Arnie, are the Arnie's overrated, or are the Outlaws just legit? <laughs> I gotta say, that's a that's a pretty good question. I like that one. Um, I think that I think right now I think the Arnies are a little overrated. If I'm to be 100 percent honest with you, and this is no hate on the Arnies, I just think that expectations of them being the number one seed automatically coming into the year were a bit unfair to start, considering this group had never played before, or I doubt hardly knew each other before, um, despite a couple names. But um, I think right now, I think it's just that the Arnies are a little overrated. 
and that's no fault to their own. It's just it's just the reality of how it shook out. And uh, and I mean, it's not to say that the aren't that the outlaws can't be legit, but I mean, don't forget they lost Week One to the Norsemen, and that's in a game where where you know certain receivers and corners on the Norsemen kind of struggled. So we'll we'll let the outlaws hype kind of kind of sit for a little bit. I got to see a little bit more before I start putting a crown on their head. This person says, "Where is Perko? Perko is indisposed at the minute. Uh, that's Jason Perko, of course. Uh, he has a full invitation to rejoin Sunfins whenever he wants to, um, but at the moment he is uh, just not available." Which team impressed the most in Week Two? Um, I think by far it was—I think it was the Outlaws. I mean, it's, it's pretty hard to say that they didn't impress. They put up almost 80 points on everyone's favorite. Um, but I also wouldn't sleep on the Sailors. I, I think that, I don't think the Sailors impressed the most, but I think that they definitely impressed. I'm excited to talk about them after this. Which team is the underdog team that could win it all? I'm telling everybody right now, right here, if the Outlaws get going, if Jack Quinga is on target for the rest of the year, if Akshay starts covering people, and if Evan Good becomes their number one option to pair along with Ben Repay, that team is dangerous. That team could definitely be the team that slips underneath the radar and possibly even makes a run to win it all. I think they're crazy underrated. Saying that, I also, and this is going to shock a couple people, don't be surprised, and I'm not talking about winning it all. I'm just talking about coming back, being an underdog. The Cowboys are not done, okay? The, you know, the Cowboys, they have Bryce Baumgart. And as long as they have Bryce Baumgart, they have a chance. Who's the worst starter in league 2021? Again, not trying to, not trying to kill anyone or anything. Um, saying that, Arian. So that concludes our mailbag. As always, everybody, I highly encourage you. It's right in our highlights on the Instagram page. Go in at any time, ask questions. We'll answer them right here on the show completely, you know, without giving out your name or anything. So that was the first edition of the Michigan Football League Rush Question Edition. We come back, we'll touch on the final three teams, my personal thoughts on them, and I'll send you on your merry way. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the show. We got three more teams to touch on. And let's start on our first. Let's talk about the Sailors. And guys, oh my goodness. For the first time in over a year, the Sailors did not sink the ship. They didn't sink it. Oh my goodness. How spectacular is that Sailors went out, and they won. Sailors win week two over the Cowboys. Took an L week one to 
my very own Sunfin. Shout out, Ali. Um, but week two, they came out and they they played well. You know, they played they played really well. Not great, not good, but they played well. Well enough to win. Well enough to put a W in in you know in the column. And right now, I mean, that's that's what you want if you're the Sailors. You want something to build on. You have a pretty young team. You know, you're a team that not a lot of people expected you to do a whole lot. So to start out the year at a 500 rate is really good for them. And from the bottom of my heart, I'm happy for them. I think they did a fantastic job the other day. Uh, one point that I thought that was especially impressive was I thought Luke Every played really well. Looked very collective. Had a couple bad throws there, results in some picks. But overall, he did exactly what he was tasked to do. And that's get the ball to his playmakers. You get the ball in Hudson Shields' hands, Posh Testa's hands, good things are going to happen. It's just a matter of getting it there. And I'll tell you what, more so than last week, he looked comfortable. He looked very comfortable doing it. So yeah, I think it was, you know, it was an impressive win. Um, overall, I thought Ali Badoon played pretty well on defense. Uh, you know, contained Bryce Bumgard about as well as you can. I mean, saying that Bryce still went for probably buck 50, 200, but all that matters is you stopped him in the air game. You can let him run up and down the field all he wants. It's not going to matter if he, you know, if he can't throw the ball. I mean, this isn't Toad's football. You know, he doesn't have the the stuff that the Toads did, and they realized that, and they contained that, and they kept the offense going. And I thought that, that Preston Pierce, I thought that he, he, had, uh, and he had an off game. I'm not going to lie. I'm a big fan of Preston. Ever since I covered him week one, I've been a, I've been a believer. I think he's fast. He's big, strong. Um, still got to work on those hands. And I know for a lot of these guys, it's not very natural to, to change sports and, and come over and you know start catching footballs in traffic. But in this, you know, as the third option, as one of the more important positions on the field, he's got to learn to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought I thought they all played pretty well. I thought Hudson Shields did exactly what he had to do. I mean, he's no stranger to covering or being covered by um, Bryce Bumgarten. I thought he did it, you know, pretty well. And you know, another thing is, I thought Posh. I mean, Posh had a rough outing last week against the Sunfins. He bounced back. You know, he on you know not just the offensive side of the ball. We had a couple touchdowns. He he bounced back on the defensive side of the ball as well. That was impressive. That's really good to see. If you're the Sailors, this is something they can build on moving forward, um, you know, 100%. But overall, I mean, they only had five guys show up. Really not a whole lot to say. They, they managed the clock exceptionally well. You know, they played a smart and, and relatively pretty flawless game. Just got to work on those butterfingers. Got to, uh, got to make sure that they keep the ball in Hudson and Posh's hands. And use Preston as kind of a, a third option look, you know, where you can get a mismatch on someone due to his height. And looking forward, they have a big test ahead. They got the Norsemen this week. That's not going to be an easy challenge. But it's a challenge that I look forward to uh, them trying to do because I think it's a winnable game. I do. No hate on the Norsemen. No disrespect to sending that way. But it's a winnable game. If Hudson Shields can outplay Michael Caruso, they're going to win that game. So it's time for him to prove why he's the number one pick and Michael Crusoe was the second overall. So that will be exceptionally interesting to see moving forward. And I'm excited to see which direction they sail next. 
in their uh, in their kind of revenge tour towards the playoffs. But really, my hats off to the Sailors, to Ali Baydoun, Hudson Shields, Posh Testa, Preston Pierce, and Luke Every only showed up with five, faced a team that only had four, and looked damn good doing it. Hello, welcome back to the show. Hope you enjoyed those last couple commercials. Had to dig deep since nobody will send me any commercials for this, but it's all right. We're moving on. Let's talk about the Norsemen. Yeah. Norsemen, they're, uh, they didn't play. They didn't play this last week. These next two segments, I'm not going to lie, they're going to be short. Um, Bruh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, play it twice. Bruh. Bruh. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, Norseman Sunfins game didn't happen this past week. They're going to have to make that up at some point in the future. Um, let's talk about what we do know. They won week one. They won by 7, 56-49 against the Outlaws. Uh a semi-impressive win, I guess. A boring win, yes. Uh, you know, kind of a win that isn't really that noteworthy. Um, I still think that they're the biggest mystery in the entire Michigan Football League. Because I think that they they have the talent, they have the history to, to make some magic. Um, but, I mean, there's really, you know, outside of that, it's just, there's not really that much known about them to be completely honest uh dylan brown played well enough he's got to work on being more confident with his delivery he's got to work on uh on you know hitting the deep balls that's where he really struggled he overthrew almost every single ball over 20 yards um and my question for this team is is do you think dylan brown michael caruso are going to last this year i think it's a valid question I mean, they were already starting to get cracked up after that first game. You had Caruso yelling at Dylan Brown. Some might say, yeah, it's his playing style. It's how he does it. Um, but that's not Dylan's playing style. Dylan is is you know calm and collected. He goes with his reads. He's not going to force the ball anywhere. He's not going to make a receiver his number one priority. And Michael Caruso is the opposite of that. Michael Caruso is a ball-heavy player. He wants the ball almost all the time. And I'm curious to see if that's going to last. It lasted... For about a season, you know, like six years ago. And then it pretty much fell apart. That'll be interesting to see. Um, another question I have is, will will Ryan Hines bounce back? Um, Ryan Hines was a rookie, highly touted. Third rounder, high third rounder. Number one pick in the third round, basically a second rounder. Um, and he, he, you know, he didn't play bad. He didn't play good. He's mediocre. But if you're if you're the Norseman, you need him to be better. Otherwise, you're not going anywhere. That third option is extremely important, and he's got to be better right off the ball, offensively, defensively. Because um, I mean, I know for a fact the Norseman drafted him to be a playmaker, not a guy that was just solid. They want him to be a playmaker. So I think that that will be interesting to see uh, how that unfolds. 
Uh, I don't know if you missed it this past week, but somehow, someway, Mr. Glass himself, Mr. Calamar and Shelley, he uh, apparently broke a finger or two, or three. Um, so good old Four Fingers is now either going to be in a cast and unavailable to play receiver for the next couple weeks, or just out altogether. That complicates things. That either thrusts Saj Patel, Arian Shaska, or Dylan Brown into coverage as their third cornerback. If I'm any team and I see that, and no offense to any of those guys, truthfully, but if I see any one of those three covering my third receiver, I'm throwing that direction almost every single down. So I think it complicates things. I think Colin was a pretty good corner. I think that he solidified that defense, and I, I think that that injury is going gonna, is gonna to hurt them, especially in the big stretch of the middle of the year that's going to be coming up the next two or three weeks. So, no, I mean, we'll have to see, but, uh, but overall, I mean, bruh, bruh. yeah, it hurts. It does. And that forces Ryan Hines to step up even more than he has. So we got to see, you know, how Saj steps it up. We got to see how Arian steps it up. We got to see if Dylan and Caruso can answer some of these conflicts that they've had where they're, you know, Caruso is yelling back at Dylan and Dylan's kind of ignoring, but has an eye kind of tilted that way. They're, they're the most mysterious team in the league. I don't know what to think of them. I don't know if they're overrated, underrated, properly rated, if they're a playoff team or not a playoff team. I, I, I simply don't know. So I am going to keep an eye out for that. I'm sure a lot of other people are too because that team, I mean, especially with some of these other teams kind of bowing out early, I mean, that team is going to decide a crucial playoff spot. So can't wait to see. Stay tuned. We'll be back for one more team breakdown right after this commercial. Can I try out a few Coke Summer sound effects on you? Yes. Cool. You okay with this? And this. And what about this? Yes. <sighs> gotcha there, Thirst. That wasn't sound effects. That was a Coke. I'm no longer thirsty. You're so out of here. Coca-Cola. Open happiness. Hiya. Welcome back to the show. Hope you enjoyed that last commercial, too. Thanks for everyone for, you know, not sending me commercials yet again for another week. It's okay, though. Let's move on. Let's talk about the new era stellar Sunfins, everybody. Woo! Yeah! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, well, you know, let's just let's, let's turn this up. Let's go. Oh, yeah. you can't tell I'm a little bit of a homer that might be because I'm the team captain but we're gonna try and keep this as unbiased as possible um like the Norsemen I'm really sorry about this the uh Sunfins only one game so far I know it's bad it's 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 not ideal I know but looking off what I do know from week one, the week one 10-point win, I think, over the Sailors. Uh, I think that this team revealed a lot about themselves, what type of team they're going to be. And I think that they're, they're going to be dangerous, truthfully, I, I do. I think that, that Paul Schmidt 
that's going to be the worst game you see him play this entire year because he basically offset Hudson the entire game. I mean, they're pretty much very similar players. They played against each other for a long time. They, they know each other's play style. So I think here that's the worst you're going to see Paul. Didn't have a receiving touchdown. Had a defensive touchdown, though. Was able to jump a ball, take it the other way. You're just going to see him get better as the year goes on. I was also very impressed with uh, how Lawson Shields, younger brother of Hudson, was able to collect himself through a couple early picks, shook it off, was pretty much perfect the rest of the game with with his reads, with his throws. Um, I think that he is on track to potentially be the offensive rookie of the year, possibly, dare I say, um, if he keeps it up. Um, And, man, on the defensive side of the ball, how about Dante Perry? I mean, that is just absolutely stellar. Full-on, all the way. I thought that, you know, he played, you know, he, he Posh Testa had, had a couple catches, zero touchdowns last week. I mean, at, you know, for risk of sounding bias and, you know, that's being shut down. A rookie cornerback playing his first game, shut down the most, you know, Mr. Reliable himself. It's pretty impressive. It's not pretty impressive. It is impressive. So I think moving forward, I think that it'll be it'll be huge for the Sunfins to, uh, you know, this next game on Tuesday against the Arnies is going to be huge. They're going to have to, you know, go out and, and beat a team that I think matches up pretty well with them. Uh, overall, I think that it'll be interesting. I think it'll tell the character of the team a lot. Um, really not that many concerns week one, you know, Lawson Shields played extremely well. Paul did exactly what he was supposed to. Dante Perry, extremely well. Josh Gilmore, very underrated piece to that. I'm still shocked he fell to the fourth round. I mean, a starter all last year fell to the fourth round. It's beyond me. But he came in, played you know pretty well receiver, played extremely well cornerback. He'll be a big piece coming off the bench for the, for the Sunfins this year. Cody Bartos, obviously... You know, one of the better teammates that anyone will ever have. He's, you know, he's he knows his role. He knows exactly what he has to do, and he does it. He executes it every single game. So I think the Sunfins are not to be trifled with. This isn't the same old Sunfins. This is a new team. You know, they pretty much match their win total from the last, like, 10 years combined in one game. So I think that alone is a good start. I'm excited as a player, as a as the host of the show, as the commissioner, as you know, all this stuff to see to see where this ends up going because I think it's gonna be a fun ride. I think that, um, you know, by midseason you're gonna know what this team is, and I think it's 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 pretty darn special. So with that, that concludes our show here today. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Wish everyone a happy, healthy, and successful week three of this upcoming season. And uh, thank you once again for listening to Between the Cones. This was Episode 3, Season 2, titled once again, So It Starts. Thanks for listening, guys.